Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So the next installment of our Supercoach BBL preseason here is going to be discussing the scores of each position. So batting and bowling, and obviously the wicketkeeping as well, being a much smaller position, but... Just the you know, the likelihood of guys scoring 50-plus, and we're going to see it's very, very different between the batters and the bowlers especially, and the wicketkeepers are actually fairly low on this list as well. There are a lot of players that have the dual position, the bat and the bowl, the wicketkeeper and the bat as well. Pretty much the majority of those uh, wicketkeepers have that, um, but as we will we'll discuss in a second, the wicketkeepers don't seem to score super well. So let's kick things off with the batting side of things, and we're going to look at how many guys score above the 50 scored above the 50 last year in their average. So you're looking up top at Matty Short at 78.8 there. He played the 14 games, and then there was a massive gap from anyone else that played a really decent amount of games. That's Michael Nieser, who we know you know, at the moment is absolutely killing it with the bat and the ball as well with 13 games. So we're going to take out Mac Wright, who picked up 76 in one game, and also Nathan McSweeney, who came in and played three games and scored a 59 average. So if you take those two out, you scroll through all the way down to our few guys here, Colin Munro being our last one at the 14th position, playing eight games. You've got Alex Carey in there with four, so we won't count him either, even though he's under the uh, the 50 as well. So we have 12 guys in our batting position that actually you know, scored 50 plus, which, as I said, is fairly low in the grand scheme of things. So we can have a, a quick look to the bowling side of things. So as I said, 12 players on the batting side of things. And then you look to the bowlers and you've got Richardson with seven games and we'll, we'll class that as a pass mark for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a long enough period of time to be able to score really, really well at 79.7 there. You've got Lance Morris at four games, so you could probably take him out as well. I'm happy to take him out in this scenario just to show how many more bowlers there are than batters that scored over the 50 mark. You've got a bunch here in the, in the 60s and then a very large majority of these guys in the 55-plus region there. You've got Steve O'Keefe, who just picked up a few injuries as to why he didn't continue to average that much. Tom Murphy with the six games we'll have as a pass mark as well. He's a 53.8. And then you're going down the line all the way until we've got Nathan Ellis down here at 49.3. So we'll take him out. We've got Chris Green at 50.9. He's our 22nd player on the list. And the only people that we're going to take out here is no one. Yeah, so there's a couple in the batting side. We've got Lance Morris with four. We're happy to take him out if we want. Um, and that leaves us with 21 players, which just shows that it's uh, you know, there's a much more of a large majority of bowlers that happen to score 50 plus. And I think this is a really important thing to note when you are selecting your team that you know, very, very likely that you should be selecting, if you're looking for consistency especially, is selecting a lot more bowlers in your side. It very much makes sense because batting is such an up and down game where you could get 70 or 80 and have an awesome strike rate and do really well in one type of game. 
But then you move on to the next one and you pick up a duck or you pick up a seven, you know, off eight balls, seven off six balls, or whatever, and your strike rate is fairly low and you're unable to get something right. Whereas with the bowlers, they could get they could have a one for forty game with a couple of dots in there, you know, maybe one wide, and they pick up a twenty odd, right? And that's their low game. But then they could have a game where they have a an awesome economy rate, they pick up two or three wickets and they're up into the 60s pretty quickly. So let's have a look at a, a few little spots uh, in here now as to you know how things are based off you know strike rates, the point system for batting and bowling, uh, as well as the likelihood of some of these players actually hitting these strike rates or hitting these economy rates. But before we do that, just a quick check on the wicket keepers as well. And you got Josh Inglis there at a 57.9. So he's the only guy that hit above that 50 range. So when you're looking at the wicket keepers there, I think the majority of things you need to look at are based on how many games a certain wicket keeper is playing in that round. As we said in the last video, they're going to be have anywhere between one to three games. Most likely it's one or two, and then just the Brisbane Heat in that first round have three. So in this wicket-keeping position, I'm going to be personally looking at a strategy of having two guys that are going to play the majority of games. Considering you only have two players to fill that wicket-keeping position, I think you need some availability. It's going to be the biggest thing. And then you know, if a, a certain team has zero games in a round, which we'll get into in the next video, then that's going to make it pretty tough because you need to make sure that your other wicketkeeper is playing, they're not injured, they're not dropped, whatever that is there. So looking at some value, obviously, is going to be cool too. And then availability, I think, in the wicketkeeping position. And, and we know that any of these guys, like a Josh Phillippe, uh, Matt Jilks, you know, growing into his role. With Thunder, you've got Ben McDermott. Uh, who's had a little bit of a, a lower season last year. He's had years where he's absolutely crushed it. So those three guys are probably the mix that you want to be looking at uh, at a little bit of value that could definitely get into the 40s and 50s if they happen to have a really good year. So now let's get into that strike rate for the batters. Okay, so with the point scoring system, you've got the strike rate here below where you've got a strike rate of 160 plus gets you the 25 points. Awesome. That sounds great. We all want that. And you're looking at under a four economy rate for the bowlers. So that's the, the comparison there, which I think is fairly fair. Like you, you have games there where a guy will bowl four overs, three for 12, and, and that hits that spot, obviously. Clearly, four for 15. These type of uh, innings sometimes do happen. It's also you know, fairly rare that someone goes over 160 plus. So in terms of strike rate, you're looking at a minimum of 120 to 129.99 is, is where you get five points. And that five points is, is pretty tough to get if, if we look at these um, strike rates here. So you have to score 20 plus runs to get the strike rate bonus as well. And for the most part, it's not often the guys are getting sort of 12 off six. That would be nice if that was the case. You know, But in this scenario, you do need 20 off you know, 12, 20 off 11, 20 off 10, that kind of range to be able to hit that 25 uh, point bonus. 
which is going to be cool. But let's look at the batters uh, for a starter. And you're looking up top here, and the, and the majority of these guys with a super high strike rate in the Big Bash League have very little runs to their name. So you look at the highest one in that top 10 is Tom Banton with 223 runs. That's only seven innings to his name. So we'll even scrap him out of that because that was you know including three good games out of seven, which doesn't always happen. But we need to look down. The first guy on the list that has a decent amount of runs in there is actually Tim David. And he's someone with 156 strike rate going forward each and every game. So when you're looking at him there, if he's hitting that range all the time and he gets over that 20 runs, that's where he's picking up uh, the 20 points fairly comfortably each and every game on average, right? So some games will be above that, some games will be below that. But yeah, that's pretty important when you're looking at a guy that could get you 25 uh, off that sort of 12 to, to 15 balls there, he can very easily pick up a 50. And all he has to do is get a 40, 50, 60. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. And he's someone that's growing in stature in the, in the Big Bash game, in, in international 2020 cricket as well, uh, and was doing well there, that he's someone that could definitely you know, play a factor in your team. But what we really want to look at here is how many of these guys that are playing regularly that are scoring, you know, decent amount of runs are actually hitting strike rates like this. So you look down a little bit further and Andre Russell's there, but um, yeah, less relevant obviously with the amount of runs and how many games. You've got Glenn Maxwell as 151, which is awesome. Rashid Khan shows that he can do it as an all-rounder at 150 there. Alex Hale's played a lot of games and hits 150 very regularly. So if he's getting 20 plus runs, he's hitting that strike rate bonus. Strike rate bonus there. Chris Lynn, we obviously know what he can do, but there's a lot of guys in here, and right now we're into the 140s, and you're seeing here, and Ashton Turner's in the 144 range, uh, which is really solid. Even Nathan McAndrew, well done to him, 202 runs, but 145 for him. Laurie Evans is in there with 361 runs. Josh Inglis. 1,509 uh, there. So we only mentioned sort of nine or 10 players right now. Ben Cutting's been there. Uh, Daniel Sams, solid at 142. And then from there, Sam Billings, who will be playing this year. Josh Butler, Matt Wade uh, are the other guys that are in that 140 range. And then it goes under there from then. And the reason we want to stop it at 140 is because 140 to 149.99 gets you that 50, 15 extra points. And under that, it's only that 10 points extra which I think is really, really hard to even get to, you know, 140 plus. Um, and picking up that extra, you know, 10 or five points for being under that is is solid. How hard is it to get? I think it's extremely hard. And that's why you see with these batsmen, they have to hit sort of a 70 or 80 at a really high strike rate to get that 100 points or so. And there's going to be so many games in between where they pick up a, a six, a, a 15, a 25, something like that, um, you know, by getting a sort of, you know, 20 off 20 or 20 off, 16 or something like that to give them that 25 runs there, which is a very, very normal batting average in in, te- in 2020 cricket, to be honest with you there. You look at averages, if we wanted to, to go for that one in, in, in the next scenario on our batting side of things, and, and what you see there is it actually... 
what you see there is it actually is very hard to get anywhere above a 30 average. And a lot of these guys, as I said, don't have uh, a lot of runs to their name. Even Ricky Ponting's in there, how good. Um, but yeah, getting a 30 plus average in this means that you're going to have to you know score fairly quickly. There's a lot of guys here around the 120s, 130s, 140s in our strike rate. And that's how they can sort of hit 50 odd on a regular basis. So that's where that average kind of comes from there, uh, which I find very, very interesting. So let's move to the bowlers now. And uh, things change a little bit with the bowling side of things. Let's go to their bowling uh, economy rate to start things off. It's going to be helpful to have a look at there with that one. So let's get into that here. So economy rate, we've got Chris Swan with a four. How good is that? Um, and then we'll move it down from there. A lot of these guys here haven't bowled many balls. We've got Lassith Malinga with 300 balls bowl, which is helpful. We've got Murley in there with three, 366, which is cool. But most of these economy rates are from guys that hasn't bowled, haven't bowled a lot of overs there. Todd Murphy is a 5.9, which is great. Nathan McSweeney had an absolute cracker in, uh, in, his, couple of in his couple of games that he bowled there uh, with economy of six. So, you know, shows that it could be a very interesting all-rounder if he gets, if he gets, his, uh, gets his act together in this season's big bash with more games under his belt. And most of these guys there, to have anything below a six, haven't bowled many overs. You see the majority of guys here are going to be between, as you know, that's all the way to Joe Root now, a 39 is a seven economy rate. So let's have a look at the economy rate for bowling now. And a seven to eight runs per over, which is pretty much everyone, gets you a five point addition. So. What you're looking at with economy rate bonuses, with strike rate bonuses, is I don't think it's super relevant because not a lot of players actually get there. The reason that it ends up being a bit of a thing is because someone goes big in a game, they take three or four wickets, they, they obviously you know, bowl a team out for 80 or something like that, and their economy rate's low, they uh, happen to score 230 in a game and someone picks up an 80 or 100 and they have this massive overarching score on top of that to go with their runs bonuses, to go with their wickets bonuses as well of getting three wickets for the extra points, for getting 50 or 100 runs plus. It just continues to add on as bonuses when you get to higher. But what I'm saying here is the is the accuracy, the consistency of bowling is going to be based on the dot balls. It's going to be based on the wickets in a game. One to two wickets very clearly gets you into the 30 to 50 range. And that's a little bit easier, in my opinion, if you've got five bowlers and, and teams are getting sort of seven, eight down, you know, they're slogging at the end and they can get a random wicket or two. A lot of time we see Sean Abbott get a wicket pretty early and then he gets one or two bowling at the death at the end and he picks up a 50, 60, 70 very, very comfortably. So I don't think economy rate, I don't think strike rate bonus is super important when you're looking at picking a player. I think it's going to be very heavily based on the schedule. It's going to be very heavily based on how many wickets they normally take, how consistently they get that 30 runs as a batsman is something to really look at. You can have a game where they get 80 or 90 and get sort of 100 and something points. But if you know the next three or four games they get out for five, that average just plummets down into the 30s and the 20s very, very quickly. You see here, Chris Green sits at 7.14. And, and the way that batting is going at this, at, at this point the economy rate bonus, I just don't think is super important. You got the top 100 bowls ever and the, the Dutch Jai Richardson at 7.58. So yeah, he's getting five extra points for the economy, which is just not super important, I don't think, in, in this one there. So yeah, don't look at that one when, you, when you're going for it. Look at the amount of wickets that someone's taken, the their, their, bowling, their bowling average, so how often they're, they're picking up. One of these wickets as well, I think is going to be really important. So we'll look at... We'll look at someone's average there as well as a, as an important indicator of how you know they're going in this in in this format. So Mark Cosgrove's there with one innings, how good? 
Um, so yeah, there's a lot of these, you know, the best bowlers that, that have come through uh, are sitting around that high, high teens to, to 20 kind of range. You know, there's only 50 guys, uh, basically, yeah, 50 guys, a little bit, uh, a little bit better than that, that have a 20 or less average with the ball. Daniel Sam's one of those guys that takes a lot of wickets. We've obviously got guys like Sean Abbott there at 19.58. So he's one of the, you know, one of the guys that's taken some of the most, he has taken the most wickets there over Andrew Ty. 144 and 154. So the best bowlers in the league have that 20 average with the ball. And anything less than that, uh, you know, is it going to be the majority of those guys in, in the 20 odds uh, range there? So you're looking at that. If you were to bowl four overs in, in, in an innings, most of the time you're going for sort of 30, 32. So that would mean sort of one and a half wickets or close to it every game for these guys. So that's very simply a 30 odd average at, at a minimum, not including dot balls. Uh, not including catches and all the rest that could come with it to, to build up an average like that. So I think this is where just the consistency of the bowlers is going to be very, very helpful when you're looking at selecting your side. The averages clearly show it uh, with the bowling that there's way more guys in the in the mid to high 50s. So, you know, you go down to Coulter Nile there in 14th spot with a 55 average. You only have to go down to the seventh spot for the batters to have a, a 55.9 average. And this is when... You know, a game is, is, for the most part, going to a lot more of the batting side. The, the scores are, are getting bigger. Boundaries are slightly smaller. The batters are getting, um, yeah, the bats are getting stronger. Uh, bats are getting bigger. Batters are getting stronger. Um, and still the bowling is taking over and, and winning a lot of these matches. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the weather and, and obviously that heating up a little bit as well, if that changes things and it, it swings a little bit more to the batting side. But I still think overall, it's important to note here uh, the types of positions that you want to be loading up on. I'll be loading up personally a little bit more on bowlers um, and and going with batsmen that probably have a little bit more upside. They, they might be a little bit more of value. And bowlers, I want to be hitting the guys that near the top of their value that I think are going to perform straight away and get me good scores in the first few rounds. So I'm up the top of the leaderboard and, and a really high chance of winning this whole competition. And the batsman is always going to be a little bit more of a lottery. You could, you could spend a lot of money on, on someone up top in the batting here, and, and they could completely struggle from you know the first game. Chris Lynn, he could get you that 80 in the first game. He could very easily get you 5 and a 10 or a 20 in the first few games, and that kind of cooks you um, in that one, in that scenario there. So, yeah, I wish you all the best of luck with selecting your, your teams and, and you know, the batsmen and the bowlers. We'll very heavily get into the schedule in our next video and, and who we should be looking to select in the first few games, the types of players, the types of teams to look at in the middle, and then also at the end. Thanks for joining me in this one. I hope it really helped and we'll see you in the next one.